You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Arcadia today, sat with luxury real estate agent and huge rock and roll fan, Mr. Wyatt Poindexter, um, just looking around the office, and I know you just said you have another memorabilia room and this stuff. I love this stuff. This oh, is so nice. cool. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you inviting me to the house and, and jumping on the podcast. Looking forward to, to sharing some stories. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, obviously huge passion for uh, you know for rock and roll and, and, and memorabilia. It's uh, I know we'll probably dive into the the treasured rock stuff that you've turned you know and that you do as well. Yeah. Um, but for everyone listening, I guess you know who are you and what do you do. Uh, Wyatt Poindexter, been in real estate for 20-something years, since 1996. Been doing it full-time. Started out with my dad back in 96. I was his assistant for Mm -hmm. three or four years and just kind of worked my way up and uh, wanted to get into luxury homes. And I remember my dad, I asked him, I said, how do I get into luxury homes? He said, I I never could get into them. But he said, if you get in, you can usually do pretty good at it. And he said, it's just kind of a chain reaction. Um, so I had a, uh, I had a listing that I was going after, and it was a luxury home, and I remember just harassing this guy, just trying to get the business, and he finally met with him, and he wouldn't give me the listing. I offered to do it for free, yeah. and he said, "Why would you do that?" I said, "I just want the opportunity." So, listed it, sold it in a week, and uh, I remember at the closing they had six percent on there because I had the buyer and seller. I said, oh, you got to take this off. I was doing it for free. And they said, no, he actually said, you did a great job, and he wanted oh, to pay the full so amount. Good. So, <laughs> The very nice surprise. <laughs> very nice surprise. And that one listing from the marketing of it trickled down into, it's probably hundreds now at this point, because yeah. I spent so much money. In the, it was a lot of money back then. It was like $2,500, maxed my credit card out yeah. to try to market this one house. And I did, and you know, and it, it really worked. you got to yeah. really... You got to pay the money to, to, to get out there, you know, yeah. to get your name out there. And I didn't, was a nobody then. <laughs> yeah. It was that spend money to make money. That's exactly right? right. Yeah. Which is, you know, like you said, for, for a lot of people, it's a huge risk and $2,500 and maxing a credit card is a big risk. Yeah, it is. And, you yeah. know, that people think, you know, you make all this money, but they don't see the ones that don't, they don't close. See expenses either. No, yeah. I had a huge one. We did a huge marketing campaign. We had kids in the video we did all this we probably had fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars in it and then i got cut out of the listing and then nothing yeah you know so it's just like well there went that money great it's light down <laughs> <Yeah>. fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah uh so grew up you know you're from bethany originally right mm-hmm. grew up in bethany and yeah. from that area yeah i grew up uh, actually in oklahoma city mm-hmm. right on the verge of bethany but i grew up going to um I went to several different schools, Christian schools, Christian Heritage, and then later went to Pup City West and graduated mm-hmm. from there. And it was just right outside Bethany, yeah. 19, 1989. Right next to the lake. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's where my wife went. She went to PC West. Oh, she did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was telling somebody on a recent podcast, I went to their, she took me back to their like homecoming. I'd like, never been to a high school homecoming before. And it was like something out of a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't it believe is. what was yeah. going on. Friday Night Lights. Oh, it was crazy. It was a great time. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, cool. So, so grew up, you know, and, and got into real estate, you know, with the help of dad, I became his assistant, got to see everything that he did and, yeah. and how to do it right and how to change things. And, and I'm sure the times have changed in, you know, since 96 yeah. from putting $2,500 in. Now you, like I said, you're up to like, you know, $15,000 sometimes yeah. in marketing yeah. these houses. Um, you know, what, 
How old are you when you got into real estate? Then? Um, 20, 26. So did, you, did you go to college before that? Yeah, I went to okay. um, I went to OBU for three years, and then I went to West Palm Beach Atlantic in um, West Palm Beach, Florida, for a year. Was that the for your senior year? That was I. I didn't I actually didn't finish, but yeah, that was that was yeah. my last year there. Why you go out there? Uh, I had a friend that was a youth pastor at the church out there, out on Flagler Drive, and he invited me out. And he said, "There's a school here. It's a Southern Baptist school." He said, "You ought to look at it." And I just fell in love with it. And I I uh, talked a friend of mine to go on out there with me. Yeah. And um, he went out there. And this is kind of a funny story, but it's kind of off the subject. But um, he moved out there with me, and we got an apartment. And actually, we, we had no credit, no anything at the time. <laughs> we uh, got out there, and no one would rent us a place. So we slept on the beach for a night, slept out in the parking lot for a night. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> yeah. And then we finally talked somebody into letting us stay in, a, in an apartment. But he, he wanted to work at Ibis Country Club. It's a big country club there. And his first weekend there, Donald Trump was there. And uh, he, they got rained out, so he hung out, he hung out with Trump for probably three hours or something like that. <laughs> he came back to the apartment, told me all about it, said what a great guy he was. And I thought, well, that's, yeah. that's neat. And he said, I'm going to write him a letter. So he wrote Trump a letter. And then a week later, one of Trump's employees calls our apartment, gets Brian on the phone and offers him a job. He was so impressed with his letter. Wow. Offers him a job as the house manager at Mar-a-Lago back when he was married to uh, Marla Maple. So it's wow. kind of a neat story. That's but, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. What did, did mom and dad know that you were on the, sleeping on the beach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They probably, you know, my dad laughed at it. <laughs> it's like, okay, as long as you're still okay yeah, and you yeah. found a place. It was different. It was really different. Yeah. Like a senior in college, I guess. And back then, you know, it would have been a lot different to what, you know, if you tell your parents now, if your kids said to you, you know, hey, we just slept on the beach, like, you're out of your freaking mind. Yeah. You come home right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Growing up back home and, and just kind of. I was born in 1990, so a little younger than you, but still growing up, like running outside, and, and there was no Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. So be back before dark, and, yeah. and you know, no that cell was phone. the good old and, days. Yeah, I think I remember my first cell phone was like this Motorola thing that was bigger than my house phone now, <laughs> uh, and you know, this giant aerial, and then you upgraded to and uh, you guys say a, a Nokia, right? Nokia, yeah. we say Nokia, yeah. yeah, 3310, which they, I mean, they play Snake and something, but those things are indestructible. Oh, well, this phone, look at this phone. Yeah. This is an old rotary phone that my dad had at his office back in the 70s. Yeah. And so this is this is the phone he did, all his business deals, everything. So yeah. whenever I'm working, I look at that and think about my dad and the deals he did on that phone for That's so many so years. Cool. So it's, yeah. it's funny with my kids. I was like, try to do this. And they're like, what? Yeah, like, what do you do here? Is this new? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> What's this wire? This is older than you. A lot older than you. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess you know, it's great to, to get into the business through family and then when you came, I guess when you came back from from you know the beach and hanging out and having a great time and going to school, did you know what you wanted to get into, or was it like I'm just gonna, definitely going to go with? Yeah, I, I I wanted to get in pharmaceutical sales, so okay. I worked at a place called PSS, mm -hmm. and I worked there for three or four years, and I really thought that's the route my life was going to go. And I remember I was the a warehouse manager in Tulsa at the time, and the the boss there said, "Hey, we, there's a." sales position open if you want it. Mm -hmm. He said, you got it. It's in Minnesota. We want you to start in a week. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And so I, I just quit and I had a severance package and they mm -hmm. moved home and it was humbling because I moved back in with my parents and I didn't know what I was going to do. And my dad's like, 
you want to just help me with real estate? I was like, I don't want to get, I don't want to sell houses. Yeah. He said, just, I need help. So if you could please help me for a little bit, I'll pay you. So I was like, all right. So I started helping him with a lot of his just daily activities and then started to kind of like it. And then I said, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and get my license. So got my license and used every bit of that money. I had $10,000, used every bit to go to different uh, seminars all over the country, just learning real estate. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my first year in real estate, I made, it's a terrible number, $666. So that's how much I made my first year. So yeah. no, yeah, that's a hard <laughs> record yeah. to break Even on that Even living one. from home, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was tough. <laughs> so yeah, it took, it, I was a very slow starter. My dad was just super aggressive. He's in your face. He's, if you hear somebody talking about real estate, he's over there talking to them. Yeah. I'm not that guy. You know, he was, he had me do cold calls every day. I did a hundred calls a day for like two or three years. And I, I just hated it. You know? sitting in prison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the people that called expired listings, I give it to them. I mean, it's, that's tough. You know, I finally told my dad, I said, when someday is someone going to call me for business? Yeah. You know, I don't want to call people anymore. I'm done with this. I'm just ready for them to call me. He said, uh, give, give it about another decade. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Took a long time. Yeah. Was there a moment that, that you were like, you know, when you were like, Oh, I'm going to get my license. There must've been a moment that was like, Oh, I actually enjoyed this. Yeah. There was, there was times showing houses and stuff was fun. The open houses I didn't really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I had an open house and a guy came through and we hit it off. We're still friends today. Sold him a house. And it was just such a neat, mm-hmm. it was a neat deal. I just, I, it wasn't about the money. It was about the just relationship and helping somebody out. And yeah. I just love that. That's the best part about it these days. I've never, the money's great, of course, but it's never been about that. It's yeah. just been about the relationships and helping others and always doing the right thing. Yeah, know? definitely. So when you when you when you when you're working for dad and, and you ask him that question, you know, how do we get into luxury? And, and he's kind of was he kind of like what most real estate agents would would do now and probably back then too. Were like, eh, I don't want to deal with the hassle. It seems like a lot of work. I'm doing just fine. It doesn't take me a year to sell me another house. It takes me 30 days or whatever to sell it. Two hundred fifty. Yeah. You know, it, it was that kind of his attitude. Well, a little bit. He just he felt like he never had the opportunity to okay. get one of those listings and in. Kermit Brown, I mean, that guy's been doing it forever, and he's great at what he does. And yeah. he, you know, my dad started out with him, so okay. at Churchill Brown, yeah. and so he was kind of the one that I was kind of looking at, watching, and I thought that I'd love to do that someday. But my dad said it's it's tough. Yeah, he said you may never break into it, but it's really tough. And you know, with the marketing stuff, finally just got into it. But yeah. he just his his deal was selling. 50, 60 houses a year, you know, 150 to 300,000, something like that. Mm. Um, once I started seeing what the marketing cost for luxury homes, it did kind of scare me. Yeah. Because I thought, gosh, you got to spend four or $5,000 to market a house. Yeah. I don't, you know, I didn't even make that on my last closing, you know. So mm-hmm. that, that part did scare me. But, yeah. you know, slowly it started to build over time and just start putting money back and, sure. you know, just being able to market stuff correctly. Yeah. So, so back to that story, you know, you got, you got that first listing, you did it for free and the guy was so impressed and he gave you the, the 6% as well. Um, you know, from there you're like, I'm in, I'm hooked. Yeah. You know, it's foot to the floor and let's, let's keep pushing. Right? Yeah, that's right. And I remember doing, I think I did like a thousand just listed cards and a thousand just sold cards. Yeah. And the business I got off those for the last, for the next three years was staggering. Wow. And I, I remember counting them 
and this is this is a long time ago. There was like sixty something houses I ended up getting from that one house. Yeah. Whether it was meeting somebody at the open house, sending out cards, doing, you know, we didn't have really, I didn't do the websites and stuff for the houses. Sure. I don't even remember if they had that then. But yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> no have drone the photos, yeah. no, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But the just listed cards really helped me get going, mm-hmm. and I think I did magazine ad, newspaper ads, stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of so school. compared to, I mean, what what is like the formula now that you use today? Is it obviously a lot more? And you mentioned having the video and the more lifestyle videos with with the kids and uh, jumping in the pool. Yeah. I think I've seen that video. And actually, I want to say, was it did Les do it for you? Les Wu? Yeah, he did. Les uh-huh. is a good friend. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, he yeah. did a great job on He's that. He's very good at what he does. Yeah. yeah. But that, yeah, we do, we try to do everything we can. And mm-hmm. we're always looking for new technology to use. Yeah. Um, Back when I had another really big listing, it was on a large piece of property. There was barns and pools, and I thought, oh, I would really love to get an aerial photo of this. So I remember hiring a helicopter back then, and that was ridiculously <laughs> expensive just to get some photos. Yeah. But, you know, it's it really helped, and that really helped get my name out there back then because nobody did that then, you know. And I had the photos and a video of a panoramic, you know, going around yeah. this house, and it was... When I saw it all put together, I was like, this was worth it. And I think it was like $3,500 or $4,000 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But that was a that was a big risk. Well, and the great thing about that content is it's usable for the, you know, it's it's always yeah. going to be there, right? Even if it doesn't sell that house, it's, yeah. you know, it's impressive to other sellers, isn't it? You know, yeah. This guy's going this far. Yeah. You know, like, okay, a drone picture. Now almost every house has a drone picture. And sometimes when I'm flicking through listings, I'm kind of annoyed that they don't have, you know, it's like, oh, this house is on three acres. I'm like, why yeah. do you have any drone yeah. shots? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then we can, you know, if you flick through the MLS, you will see some iPhone photos and it gives me, it drives me absolutely I wild. I just, I yeah. see a million dollar house listed with someone's iPhone. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, like, that's, how are you, how are you getting away with that? I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, so, so I mean, career takes off and you, and you know, you're, you're, you're getting the business from the from those thousand cards that you put out or it would have been two thousand cards yeah, right totally. um and and then it's off to the races and then you be you are building the brand that yeah. becomes you know white point next to yeah. now the group uh, yeah. which obviously matt has, was has gone to la and having a great yes. time now matt yes. you're listening we appreciate you <laughs> uh it would be great to see you soon hopefully if you come back uh but Definitely. you know I, I know matt and you guys teamed up basically and did yeah did the group thing right and, and and i was i've always done everything myself i did it every everything i never had yeah. an assistant for almost 20 years so i did all my own yeah. Transactions, coordinations, uh, you know, setting appointments, appraisals, photos. I, I mean, it, it was twenty four seven, and it started to affect really the family life. We adopted kids in two thousand ten, and I wanted to spend more time with them. Yeah, and I thought I've got to make a change. And Matt came into my life at a perfect time because I didn't know I wanted a group. I never wanted a group. I never wanted a team because I'm not a good delegator. I'm not. I'm yeah. not a good business person. I can sell houses, but that whole part I was just not interested in yeah. employees and we talked and I thought okay let's let's try this and see and it like I said it came in at a perfect time because I was going through a process with my dad he was declining in health really bad and mm-hmm. went through that about a year and it was just hard and Matt was there he helped cover for a lot of things and really really helpful so that yeah. was a real big blessing at that time and then we went through the process of building a house. I didn't think that would be that stressful, but it's there's a lot of oh, yeah. thoughts and ideas and come out and look at this and that. And so really two years, I feel like I 
I wasn't a hundred percent. So yeah. um, Matt really kind of catapulted me up there to help me get that team started. And the team I have now, it's amazing. I mean, they're the best people ever. Mm-hmm. I just love every one of them, and they've been very helpful. And I've got David Oliver, who's just been. He's just been awesome. He's a rock star. I mean, he's. Yeah. I think he did almost twenty million in production his first year, and I don't think I don't think anybody's ever done that in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's kind of my go-to for buyers. I send him buyers and some listings sometimes, but yeah. he's getting a lot of business himself now because right. he's just done a good job getting himself out there, marketing yeah. himself, and just has a great reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and constantly doing the right thing. What you mentioned. Earlier. That's right. Yeah. 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 I remember. Sp- uh, I, me- I remember. I was having like. I planned to have lunch or something with Matt um, and it was around the time that he was coming back from the, his stint selling cars and, and I think it might have been it was close to the time that he was starting with you uh, and he's like I can't go to, can't go to a meeting uh, we can't have lunch but let's just jump in the car with me for him we'll go drive around and he was taking out a listing sign for, for one of the houses and he, I said, where are we going? He said, oh, we're just listing, you know, putting out a listing sign. And he turned to me and he goes, do you know why it puts out all his own signs? And I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, you know, I, I you know, like just kind of looking at and from a, being a real sage from a distance. Yeah. Like, no freaking way. Like you do, and, you know, now you've done, you've done all your own stuff for, for 20 yeah. years. So I'm sure it was a big, big step to kind of have a team and then I guess go to now what your dad was doing, selling a lot of houses, right? Yeah. Not just the luxury stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys have a lot of, you have a big team and selling yeah. every house. And that's the thing. A lot of people just think we sell only the luxury homes, but no, I would much rather sell some of the two, mm-hmm. 300,000 range because that kind of your bread and butter, yeah. which some of these big listings, we just sold a house um, last Friday that I've had on market for four years. Yeah. You know, we I was joking. I almost posted on Facebook. I was like, sold in... 1,242 days, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I don't know how effective yeah. that would be, but it, you know, that, that's, it just took a long time, yeah. you know, things are moving now. Things are really good this right. year, which I didn't expect that at all. And kind of the pandemic hit, I didn't know what was going to happen, but yeah. thankfully it all worked out. I did at the beginning, I had 11 deals under contract and a month in the pandemic, about a month and a half into it, every one of them busted. Yeah. And it was, it was, that was scary. Yeah. So I've never worked so hard to make, to not make any money, Yeah. you know, but it came back around we got a lot of them sold. So it's, it was good. Yeah. People seem to that initial like, Oh, we're scared. We're not spending anything. Oh yeah. Pulling back on everything, especially a million dollar plus house. Right. And then now they're like, Oh, interest rates are awesome right now. Yeah. And we seem to be doing okay. So that's right. And a lot of businesses, I have friends who are like their business has done, you know, amazing in this, you know, friend tech and stuff. And he's like, we just signed four or five huge clients. We're doing great this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, he kind of feels bad telling people about it. Um, you know, and other businesses too, like it's. Well, we hit it at a good time too, moving into a bigger house because if we were crammed in that other house, we just came from that. I was in that house for 20 years, you know, paying $110,000 for that house. We were in there forever and we saved and, but we got here and it was just like, Oh, this is, we got room now. And I started thinking about that. And I thought, I wonder if people are going to start calling when this pandemic thing kind of comes, if it ends soon, I don't know. But, uh, I think a lot of people wanted more space, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing now. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we need a bigger house now because we don't want to be cooped up yeah. in this littler house or smaller house, and we need a bigger home office. These are houses with two offices, you know? So yeah. we're seeing that a lot right now, that's, too. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And then having a beautiful background for Zoom calls, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's, out it's been awesome. I, I don't think I will... I have, I have an office at Keller Williams for... Yeah. 
gosh, it's been 18 years. I've always been out of my house just because I don't want the distractions and I can get everything done here. I don't have anybody coming in bothering me, doing anything like that. Don't do lunch appointments. Don't do anything like that. Just so I can just cram it in as much as I can so I can spend time with the kids, you know, at five. Right. Yeah, definitely. It it makes a lot of sense. And it's, I mean, staying in a house 20 years, it's unheard of in the States, really. Because back home, that's normal. Like people stay in their houses, you know, they, it's, I mean, I'm, I'll be 30 this year. We have, I've lived in two houses my entire life yeah. back in Wales. Whereas out here, it's like, oh, three to five years. Oh, I'm bored. I want to buy another house now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It was great for if you're in the real estate business. But um, so, yeah, that was, that must have been really neat to stay in, in that same house, have all those memories and, yeah, and save it, as well. It was, it, well, my grandfather built the house in 67. So I yeah. had my first Christmas there. So it was a great house. And I, my, we put my grandmother into a nursing home and mm-hmm. that house sat there for three years. Ranch style house. 3,200 square feet yeah. needs total redo. You know, it's got orange shag carpet. It's got these, all these it's kind of psychedelic looking stuff in it. I don't know what my grandma was thinking. <laughs> I don't think of it. <laughs> but um, I remember going around looking for houses and, you know, our budget was like 125000 yeah. you know. And my dad said, we'll sell you the family house for, you know, 110000 yeah. I think we bought it for 111000 and then fixed it up over four years and yeah. I still own it now. It's rented right now. Yeah. So that would have been my next question because I hope that you wouldn't sell it. Yeah, I actually tried to house. sell it, but yeah. it, it didn't sell. So I thought, well, let's just rent it. And because my wife really wanted to keep it. Yeah. Um, sentimental reasons. Sure. You know, and I'm kind of glad we did at this point. It's a great house. Yeah. You don't want to be like four or five years down the line. You're like, I kind of want to buy my, I want to buy No, back. I know. You know? Yeah. Well, when <laughs> the pandemic, on the door, when like, the pandemic hit, I thought, well, we're in this big house now, and the other house isn't selling. I guess we just sell this one and move back. <laughs> yeah. Glad we didn't have to do that. Definitely. Uh, so <laughs> tell me about, like, you know, just this love for, for just rock and roll stuff then. So that, that, that must come from an early age, but also that's kind of a, uh, a kind of a contrast to, like, a Christian upbringing, right? I don't oh, know yeah. many guys who are, like, a, you know, go to OBU and are Christians that, like, love rock and roll. Yeah, it was, um, in the beginning, it was kind of a, it was struggle with some things, but I remember being my dad's, he had a Ford pickup, 8-track tape, he stuck in this 8-track tape, and he would always listen to Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings, Hank, Hank Jr., mm. Buddy Holly, stuff like that. So I never really heard rock, and he put in uh, Bob Seger, and I was like, Dad, what is this? He goes, this is rock music. This is Bob Seger. And I remember just, I couldn't wait to go on rides with him to listen to this. And I yeah. thought, this is amazing. And so I started to kind of get in. I really got into Bob Seger, and then I got into Queen. I loved Queen. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was on, something came on TV, and it was this band Kiss. And I thought, are these guys superheroes? You know, at that age, yeah. I was into superheroes and this stuff. I was like, these guys are superheroes with this makeup and this wild these wild leather clothes and but they play rock music I thought it was the coolest thing I had ever seen yeah <laughs> so I started really getting into Kiss and my mom started buying me albums and stuff and I, I wanted to go see my concert so bad I was I think eight or nine years old and I remember them it was the cover of the the newspaper that had Kiss in concert and I remember just begging my parents they said no we're not going to take you to that and my mom later surprised us. She took us to Tulsa to go see them. So this was 1979. Yeah. And she took us and she said, I'm just going to take you this to show you what kind of people are at these shows and to show you what this is like. <laughs> Hoping that you hate it and never come yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so we go to this show and my mom and her best friend Paula were going nuts. They were having a great time. Yeah. So, you know, they loved it. And they were like, well, this, isn't, this wasn't so bad. And we, yeah. I remember wait, waiting 
back we after the band left we were just walking around the arena i was looking for guitar picks because i saw them throwing guitar picks out so i got a few guitar picks and the manager came out and he said hey do you guys want to go backstage? So they yeah. asked my mom and her friend if they want to go backstage. They said, no, we can't do that. And my, my brother and I, and this other friend, yeah. Kobe, was there. They're like, please, let's go back. And they're like, no, we can't do that. And now I know why, as an adult, why they did not go yeah. backstage to the yeah. Kiss show. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, you know. And yeah. that's, that's what really kind of started off for Kiss. I still like Kiss today. They're not my favorite band. But but that was the, where it started. The, yeah, just nostalgic reasons. So that's where I started collecting kind of rock and roll memorabilia back mm-hmm. then I just started little things here and there you know I'd save my ticket stubs and yeah. you know one day I counted my ticket stubs because I put them all over my refrigerator just glued them on and I had like 600 and something ticket stubs so I thought no wonder my ears don't <laughs> I can't hear like I used to <laughs> yeah but yeah that was that was that was a really fun experience and then that morphed into other bands like in other bands and U2's my all time favorite band mm-hmm. they're nothing like Kiss you know but still I, yeah. I like country I like, but I mainly like rock and roll stuff and uh, I think was it 19 no two, t- 2008 I wanted to start a framing company yeah, just to frame a lot of this stuff. And so I thought it'd be cool if I could frame like an album cover, signed album cover with a tour pass or a tour yeah. ticket stub, kind of put it all together. And you can kind of look around, you can kind of see yeah. the different the things that we do, like yeah. this, like this U2 one, mm-hmm. um, and just make these displays. And so I just did them for myself and I just loved it. And I got into them and I got to like 40 or 50 pieces, hung them in my room. And I remember Steve Allen, a buddy of mine that's a luxury builder, yeah. Allenton Homes, he asked me, he said, man, would you ever let me hang your rock and roll memorabilia in one of the show homes? And I said, uh, I, I guess. Why? He goes, he goes, I just think it's so cool, and people have never seen anything like this. Yeah. So I said, yeah. So I, I hung it up all in the room, and I was up there in the room because I had the house listed, too. Yeah. So people would come up, and they just went nuts over it. And I had this Eagles display, and this guy said, would you sell this? And I was like, no, I really wouldn't sell it. He goes, I'll give you four grand for it. And I'm like, it's Done. sold. <laughs> Done. So he took, and I ended up selling about half the collection yeah. during that one week. So I thought, okay, we're onto something here. Yeah. So then I jumped on eBay, started selling a lot of this stuff, and then it just really grew. I have a whole attic up here just full of inventory. Yeah. It's I've got probably three or 400 other framed pictures up there, but the eBay store was a huge thing. It grew. Amazon contacted me. They said, would you be our rock and roll dealer for Amazon. No and I'm way. like, really? Wow. I said, yeah. They said, well, we like your stuff because it's done so different. Yeah. And we noticed that every item that you put on is authenticated by a professional. Yeah. So anytime, even if I got an autograph, I would have it authenticated by someone else because mm-hmm. certificates of, of authenticity, yeah. you know, yeah. anybody can print that off. But if you have it from a legitimate source like Beckett or PSA, yeah. It, it helps sell. So I, I sent in all my items, get them authenticated, got them authenticated, had letters, got them framed up, and then Amazon came along. And yeah. so now I'm on Amazon selling a lot of this stuff. That's so, so it's cool. Yeah, it's been really it's been really fun. Hobby yeah. turned Hobby into a second a business. Nice surprise, didn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> when you get a call from Amazon or email, you're like, this is not, this is not real, this is a spam or whatever, isn't it? And you know, yeah. Oh, no, they actually wanted me to do business. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I, I remember, the, I guess it was late 80s, early 90s, I had a friend of mine that was really into rock concerts too and we just mm-hmm. didn't have the money to go 
And we got together and said, what if we could come up with magazines for bands that we love? Like we did magazines for U2 mm-hmm. and Kiss and Def Leppard and The Cult and uh, Motley Crue. We did all these magazines, just fan magazines, yeah. and we put it out for people to subscribe to them. We didn't really have a lot of sure. people that took up, took us up on them, but we did send them directly to the bands. And the bands would see them, and they would respond to them. And yeah. they would, it was an email back then, but I got handwritten letters from Sammy Hagar saying, can you change this, this, and we're going to be in uh, town this day. We'll have some backstage passes for oh, you. So, cool. so that's when it started. I was like, okay, yeah. so now let's really start sending this stuff to other bands to see if we can get some other yeah. cool stuff from it yeah so. and then especially when you get into those bands early and they you know they value you because you're you know you're a fan and, and you're just trying to provide this source of information to other fans yeah. right? you're not coming in and you're like hey can you do this this and this for me because they've got a million of those yeah. people coming at yeah. them and then you know that band kicks off and then you're you're in the scene aren't you yeah and then you're valued and known little, as well you had a great reputation it was a groupie you know yeah, <laughs> <Somewhat>. <laughs> yeah. but it was cool being you know because the photo passes would get you down there for the first like two or three songs of when they opened and mm-hmm. you got great shots, turn them in, you do the magazine. And, yeah. but you know, my deal was like, I was, I just want to get all this stuff signed. I remember giving Sammy Hagar, I gave him like 50 albums to sign and yeah. he got them, signed the front, the back, took the record out, signed the sleeve. Signed, I mean, he signed oh, awesome. everything. He's just the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. And you know, then I started seeing the value of this and people really want this stuff. Yeah. So that's when I started really getting into the selling part of it. But, yeah, that was that was that was really cool. Just I've been in Sammy Hagar's bus, took care of his dog one time, his bus. <laughs> it's just it's really fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's a great release to get you away from real estate too. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. And this has been the hardest what six months not going to a concert. Yeah. I had so many concerts cancel that right. I couldn't go to that I had plans to go to, and my 50th birthday's coming up actually in three weeks, and yeah. I was going to go see. Motley Crue and Def Leppard in L.A. with my best friend that lives there. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. No. You just have your 50th birthday surprise next, so for celebration next year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned, you know, you and your brother and, and a friend went to that first Kiss concert. So mm-hmm. your brother must share the same passion. He does. Yeah. He loves it, too. He's got, he is, he was one of the first um, licensed tattoo artists in Oklahoma City. Okay. And he's an incredible artist. He's the most talented guy I know. I mean, he can do anything. He can do anything yeah. with his hands. Um, but yeah, he's he's really into more the a little more hard rock. Mm-hmm. And I used to say like Metallica and all that kind of stuff. I like Metallica, but yeah. he loves that hard hard rock. And I've gone to some of those shows with him, and it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's head bashing. <laughs> yeah, there's been yeah. a few times where I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna want to be up front. <laughs> Let's just step back. This is kind of scary. Yeah, but it's entertaining just seeing different bands and stuff. You yeah. Know? Definitely, but yeah, he's always been into it. His his tattoo shops covered in the same mm. rock and roll memorabilia, the stuff that he's been to. Yeah. We've got he's got to meet a lot of the bands too. Yeah, it must be so cool to just do that, especially when it's a hobby. And you know, it's, it's great if it makes money, great. But like, this is it's a passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had another guy that approached me. He was a uh, local promoter. And he wanted me to put all my stuff out at Rocklahoma, where they had like 60, 70 bands come through, you know, yeah. during one weekend. So I did that for two or three years out there and got to meet and hang out with a lot of these guys mm. and um, became friends with some of them, you know, and I'm still friends with some of them today. And a yeah. lot of them I frame stuff for and I'll say, hey, I'll frame you this piece, but send me a signed guitar, of the, right. you know, and so we'll just trade out for stuff. And it that's been yeah. fun. And I've sold some really... I've sold pieces to um, Adam Sandler. 
us little pieces to uh, Nicolas Cage, just different people like that yeah. that like, you know, high-end rock and right. roll memorabilia. Yeah, and, and valuing putting, like, you know, the, it's just putting it and piecing it together. And, you know, if it's the band that, that they don't have time to grab one, you know, someone's wristband or whatever and a, and a guitar pick and a drumstick and yeah. photos. But, you know, the, it's a memory to them. And, yeah, and that's a memory right. to a lot of people that, that love going to these concerts. And, I mean, I... I my first ever concert that I ever went to, uh, and I'm so embarrassed to tell people this, but it was actually Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye really? West came to Wales, yeah. And I had wow. friend, friends of mine were like, oh, we have a spare ticket. I'm like, sure, let's go. Yeah. I was like 16. Uh, had a great time. Yeah. Um, that was his graduation album, which is still his best album because he kind of went off the rails a little bit. Yeah. If you Google him or you follow him on social media, you'll know that he's a little crazy. Uh, and then I went, I saw... Um, when I came to the States, I went to Austin City Limits. I'd go every oh, year. Oh, yeah. And I went to see the Foo Fighters, and there was when Dave Grohl opened, and he's in his throne because he's broken his leg. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, you're crazy, but he's on his throne. Uh, and all of my friends had gone to see, because they were Austin-based, they'd gone to see Gary Clark Jr., because he's an Austin guy, and, and yeah. they're like, we got to see him. We you know he's, he's a homeboy. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go see Foo Fighters, because like, I've never seen it before, and they they're amazing uh, and ended up Gary Clark Jr. ended up coming on to the Foo Fighters stage after he was done and played like two or three songs with oh, Dave Grohl really? I was like oh great I got to see them both oh, um, that's but cool. that would have been I went to see Gary Clark Jr. twice in Tulsa and those are the last ones I've been he's to he's the most underrated guitar oh, player so right good. now he is yeah. he's amazing and the Foo Fighters, I saw them when Dave was in his chair. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is going to be kind of boring. But yet he was, was moshing and that chair was going up and down the stage. And I thought, he's still crazy. He's having a great time. Yeah. yeah Unfortunately, was... I think they're the last of the great rock bands, really. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. Rock's just not what it mm-hmm. used to be, you know. Yeah. All this hip-hop stuff. And, you know, my kids like in um, Post Malone and all this stuff. I'm like, this is yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you tattoo your face? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm just waiting for, you know, like U2 to come out with a new album or something like that. We, yeah. My wife and I went and saw U2 in 2009 in Ireland, and we, we got to go see them in two nights in a row out there. Yeah. And we even went, I mean, we, I did the whole U2 stalking thing. I went to, went to their old, uh, what was it called, um, their studio there, Windmill Lane. Okay. And then we went to Bono's house, got pictures outside his gate. I got a picture of me ringing his doorbell, and the security guy got me. I've got that on video. It's on video on <laughs> YouTube. It says, busted at Bono's. So. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, was, that was the best show I've ever seen. Just seeing, I'm a huge U2 fan, Yeah. but seeing all the fans from all over the world coming to Ireland to see them, I was nothing. I mean, these fans were crying. Was and, it at Croke Park? Yeah, Croke Park. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing. I guess that's a soccer uh, yeah, national stadium for them. Yeah, yeah it would yeah. be like our like it would be like Dallas Stadium. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. That was that will never be beat. That's that, awesome. that show. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Especially when you go into Ireland to see it. Yeah, I mean, like that's yeah, definitely totally different because he's you know it's home for them and they're on a great time. That was the same tour where they came through Norman. Okay. Also. Yeah. Friends, I got uh, go ahead. I got to uh, I got to meet you two in two thousand. I guess it's two thousand seven. Um, I've been in their fan club since the like 1984 hmm. and since I was in the fan club they, so long they sent out this deal where there's 150 people being selected to come meet U2 for their YouTube by U2 book signing okay. in New York City you can come meet hang out with U2 and I thought that'd be incredible I get this email that I'm one of the chosen and it said you had to be in New York the next day yeah. so I called my mom I said mom I, I got this deal she said you have to go she said I'll loan you the money whatever you gotta do you have to go so Angie and I flew out 
went to the, it was at Barnes and Noble and they only let 150 people in, you know, and here comes you two. They come in and get your book signed. And, um, I mean, it was it was funny because I'm like, here's the edge saying, "Hey, I'm the edge. What's your name? Where are you from?" And I'm like, "Why do you care? I know exactly you know? who you are." Yeah. <laughs> and Bono's up there taking off his sunglasses, letting kids wear them, and I'm like, "These are the yeah. they were the most humble, nicest guys in rock music." But I remember I had a picture that my buddy took of Bono. I think it was '83, the last time they played. Mm-hmm. Um, in Oklahoma City and I showed it to Bono I said this is the last time that you've played Oklahoma and he laughed and looked at it he said alright we're, we're, we're going to be there the next time we tour yeah. and they came but that's not the reason but well, they, you know, they just happened yeah, yeah. I thought hey they came you know and he signed my book uh, Fish of Oklahoma which I still to this day don't know what that means but <laughs> it's cool yeah I mean it, <laughs> yeah. it's in his writing it's all it is in his writing yeah yeah, yeah I got a uh, friends of mine back home he, he got into like carpentry stuff and then he would make guitar cases uh, and his his dad uh, his dad one of his dad's really good friends is like one of the sound engineers for the Who so he would always uh-huh. him, him and his dad would always get like you know sound stuff for the Who and when they'd travel and I always got to see some of the stuff that he posted and he's like it was you know we were there on sound check day in the sound yeah. just watching them just get you know just prepare for for the next game that would be that would be unbelievable yeah, that's, I remember one of the I got a pass an all access pass my only time I got one from you too because of my one of my mm-hmm. fan magazines and I get this pass and I go to Dallas and it's my wife and I and I literally just show the pass and they're like oh, go in so we literally walk into his reunion arena it's an elevation tour in 2001, and my wife and I were the only two people in that entire arena, and you two came out and played six songs. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, I have my own private you know, concert. Yeah, <laughs> they were just doing their sound check, you yeah. know, and I was like, I can't believe I'm sitting here watching this, yeah. you know, and I, I don't think I have a, I don't remember if we had video on our phones or not, but yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that on video. Yeah. But it's a good memory. Yeah. Uh, you got some car stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of cars. Yeah. Tell me, and, and a lot of the people who would see your listing photos, obviously, you know, you have very nice people who you sell very nice houses. They obviously, for the most part, have very nice cars. Yeah. Uh, and it's always a feature of the listing as well, for the most yeah. part, uh, which I love. So, yeah, I mean, tell me about, I mean, it, it, do you have something in the garage that's tucked away? I, yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a 911, a 2011 911 Carrera S4. It's a convertible. Um, I'm getting ready to sell it though, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what's next. But yeah. I'm a big Porsche fan. So, and you know, going back to the real estate, uh, my love of cars has been since I was a kid. I mean, yeah. I just I had the Lamborghini Countach posters, the Alpine posters. I had all those posters all over my walls, mm-hmm. and I just was fascinated by them. And I thought in real estate, I thought when you're selling a house, when a luxury home, you're not just selling the home, but you're selling that lifestyle that goes around yeah. it. So it does take some time to get a car ready and get it out there. Uh, Iliad with oh, yeah, great. great guy. I mean, yeah. he's got a great thing going over there and he lets me use his cars and, mm-hmm. you know, we promote him. He promotes us. It's been a good fit. And yeah. it's just, it, like I said, it shows that lifestyle and it's fun showing the car going through a yeah. gated community. And, you know, and I just wanted to kind of have our little niche like if somebody sees a car and parked in front of a house or if they see a video they know it's mm-hmm. one of the white point extra group you know marketing videos yeah. or ads so that's that's been a really cool fit but yeah porsche has always been my favorite i've got a that's ferdinand ferry porsche yeah. that's a that's an old autograph of that and i've got mm-hmm. enzo ferrari that's his autograph over there yeah and, and i i ferrari and porsche are my favorites you know i just i think they're just ferrari 
for well, the racing reasons. legacy too, isn't it? The racing legacy for both of them. It's, yes. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. So I, good. I did have a really cool display and it was signed by, it was a original check signed by Carol Shelby and I had all his original business cards, uh-huh. framed it all up. One of the ones I never thought I'd sell. I did an Instagram post or something and a guy bought it. So yeah. I was like, I had to sell it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a great time. That, that's why I love those, those Cobras. I mean, they're just, there's a, a company out of, a Cal, uh, they, there's a dealership in California that, that has the license to sell uh, the recreations and the guys who do the recreations is called Superformance. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're out of South Africa. And they were the ones that loaned all and did all the cars for the movie uh, Ford versus Ferrari. So they did all the replica cars for those. And, and oh. I mean, they're, they're amazing. And yeah. you can, I mean, brand new, they're, they're affordable, like surprise. Not obviously not a no no not an original one because yeah. they're like yeah. millions. But um, you know you can buy like you can buy a rolling shell for sixty and put any engine in it you want that'll fit. Um, and you know you can buy them on the used market for about sixty five, and oh, you can yeah. get a brand new one for eighty to a hundred. Yeah, um, not know, a million, whatever they are. Not now. crazy <laughs> money, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the car thing. It's I, I have a separate car podcast that we do with a buddy of mine in town, and and the guy, last guy we had on the podcast, he owns he owns a uh, a blue GT3 RS. Um, oh, Sam yeah. Barnett is his name. He owns a, and it's just the best. That's my dream car. car. It sounds that's awesome. the card for me. Yeah, yeah, and I had you know I had uh, Andy Nelson did our landscaping yeah. here, and he actually. Back when he had, I think it was, I think it was called One Percent. Yeah, it's still, still going. Well, he had, mm-hmm. a, I think it was a company that I had a Viper at the time, and he put yeah. a supercharger in it. And that's when I met him back then. And yeah, um, but yeah, his he he's got the cars. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, well, he's got some. And I, I kind of he's getting has he get has he had his Ford GT yet? I know he's getting a new Ford GT. No, I don't think yeah, so. I've, I've seen his McLaren, mm. but that's I mean that's a beautiful car. Brett has one now too. Yeah, I saw Brett's it. Yeah, that orange one, crazy like, tangerine orange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kind of goes with the McLaren theme, I guess. Yeah, so. it goes with Brad's theme as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had Brad on as well to talk about that. Yeah, that's a that's a just amazing. Right, I kind of live vicariously through one of my closest friends, C. Young Kim. He's a chiropractor in town, mm-hmm. and he's he's getting new Ferraris ordered. And they're coming in, and I love going because I'll go when they get here and oh, I'll yeah. watch them unload and do all that. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I am all about that too. Like it's yeah. just. just you know, I, I I tell that to my wife, and your wife might be the same, and they just like I just don't care. Like it's, it's yeah. it just doesn't excite me one bit. Yeah. You know, uh, I've been doing a little bit of kind of social media and photography for the Porsche dealership in town, mm-hmm. and I get you know take a car home for the weekend, kind of take some pictures, and and I took a couple of nine elevens home and had the new Taycan for the weekend, oh. and and my wife's like <laughs> just it just doesn't. She's like, why is that here? What's yeah. the sticker price on that? And why is it in our garage? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. not going to tell you the sticker price. <laughs> But it sounds great. It yeah. drives awesome. That that one moves, doesn't it? The tight the tight yeah. yeah, it's uh it's it's weird. It feels like have you been in one yet? No, or I've sat in one, I have not driven okay. one. The electric car feeling, it's like that pit in your stomach, like a roller coaster. It hits you kind of in the stomach, in the chest, that's like that feeling of taking a breath away because it's instant. Yeah. Um I like the sound of things and the Porsche like, sound yeah. is so unique and it? it sounds screaming flat six like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, change. And I had, uh, they had a used 4S that had some uh, exhaust work done to it and stuff like that. And I had that for a weekend and went to grab ice cream with my wife and going down the turnpike, you know, and lovely, like nice long on ramp and yeah. like going through the gears and my wife's like, this thing sounds terrible. I'm like, oh, are you yeah. kidding me? I'm like, oh, no. going down the gears even more. You're having a great time. But yeah, it's uh, cars is just a great equalizer, isn't it? People like it just, is. You can talk about cars forever. It's fun too. Coming, you know, I've, 
I was mowing my yard and I heard all the, you know, Route 66 is oh, right yeah. there and Pops is just right there. I mean, they are flying mm. and you can hear the ones that are exotic, you know, so I'm always like, oh, there goes something, yeah. you know, just catching it for that. It's not some guy in his second. lifted F-150 that's no, got a blower on no, it. <laughs> no, it's got that kind of high pitch hum to yeah. it. It's just, they sound so cool. No. Someday, maybe, I don't know. I think it would be very stressful for me to have a Ferrari or something like that just to go out and park it somewhere. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. With, well, I mean, that's the thing with like the, the Porsche 911 like it, it's <clears throat> a GT3 RS although it's one of their best cars it's not $400,000 like yeah. some of the Ferraris are I know. right? and yeah. you can drive it every single day yeah that's and right not worry about it and that's uh, the best part about it yeah you know you know, like what Brett does I love that he drives that thing every day I think yeah. that's the way it should be done yeah you know if you're gonna have it drive it you yeah. know <laughs> but still to park it in those tight spots yeah, door dings and all yes. the rest of it, like yes. carbon fiber and little <laughs> oh, curves yeah. and driving at the listing appointments and down streets you've never been down before. And yeah, yeah, that's uh, like, but if you've got it, you got to drive it. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. you know, when Illy lets me borrow some of the cars, of course, I'm the one pulling it in the gated community when it's being filmed. So I'm like, let me take this. I had that Gimbala, that red. Oh, yeah. The, that, the that was, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used that for that, that Mill Hollow shoot, and that was a rocket. Yeah. You know? Had some had some work done to it. Yeah, that was a fun car. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've got a great business up there, and there's so much variety that's coming in and out, and it's uh, they, great culture. Car culture here is amazing. A lot of good guys. You mentioned Andy and Brad yeah. and, and all the other guys who are in those car groups. They're from all walks of life, and, yeah. you know, and especially with, with Eliud's business, you know, he's got people coming and going, and, and cars of all shapes and sizes I coming love and it. going. It's so it's, good for Oklahoma and yeah. he, he's such a good guy mm-hmm. got a great reputation yeah. I think he's going to be great in business he's in the running I think for like young entrepreneur of the year I think this I year believe I it. hope he gets it yeah, yeah. he uh, I was up there popped in the other day and they had a not they had an, uh, an old 1950s XK Jaguar uh, had like 5,000 miles on it and it was you know white wall tires black car drop top and tan interior oh yeah it was like $145,000 and it's yeah. like a museum piece oh yeah but you know you have that parked next to you know like a 911 GT3 RS that's uh, it was an older one um, but still like it's uh, it's fun going there and anybody listening go up like just he's happy to have you come in and have a look around like any other kid would yeah, they love cars yeah. just come take a look around going to drool with that car yeah. I remember having had a friend that I spent the night at his house he's he's at Scott Sablich mm-hmm. Sablich Prosthetics and I spent the night at his house as a kid and his dad had a Jaguar E-Type mm-hmm. He took us for a ride, and it looked like an airplane inside with all the gauges. And I, that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, this is, yeah. I want one of these. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you'd have one now, and you'd probably just sit in the garage because yeah. they're miserable to drive, aren't they? Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> or you'd have to get it redone. Um, do the kids share the passion of, like, the music or the, or the uh, not the music, but the cars and stuff? Yeah, actually, um, my son well, and my daughter, my at, when she was four, I mean, I would hold up. A Lamborghini. Not yeah. only could she say it was a Lamborghini, she would say the model. Well, there you and go. I would go, "Here's yeah. a what's this?" And she would say, "You know, I mean, she would name." I have it on video. It's kind of cute, but yeah. she we did like thirty cars, and she's like, "Oh, that's a Lotus, and that's a you know." And my son too. So anytime they yeah. see a car, oh, did you see that? And they, I took my son, both of them. I'd have to switch when I had that Viper because it only had one seat, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd take them to Cars and Coffee, and they just ate that up yeah and my son was a great guitar player he's he started playing at seven and now he's playing you know all the stuff that you know i like you know he's led zeppelin yeah and kiss and all that kind of stuff well, it's kind of fun you know i 
I don't. I hope he doesn't feel like he was forced to play, but he really has. He has the talent to do it. Yeah. So he's he's really good. My daughter plays uh, piano, so they're both musically inclined. Sure. You know, I, I can't play the appreciation guitar. Appreciation <laughs> for the music back then too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not it's, like what music is now. Cause yeah. There's very few people. I mean, I would say Gary Clark Jr. would be one of the newer guys to, to oh, yeah. be. You know that good at guitar and, and bring that kind of old school back. Yeah. And my uh, son just started at OCS. He's on the, the, I don't the leader, the, what do they call it? The, it's, it's the class where they lead the music sure. for like worship and stuff. So I was like, this is exactly, you know what I want him doing with this. Yeah. You know, he said, don't you want me in a rock band? I was like, no way. I don't want you in a rock band. You <laughs> no, see how these right. guys turn out? <laughs> no, I don't want you to rock band. Don't do that yeah. at all. Just stick with the worship, praise and worship. That's the way to go. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so what, you know, coming down to Prague's present day, and this year has been good and bad and, and crazy, and, and hopefully it'll be over soon. Um, but, you know, as we're coming towards the end of the year, what's kind of, you know, your forecasting for next year? You know, what, what's happening with the business? What's planned for the future? And, and how long, what, I guess, do you have a, uh, a date that you know once I do this I will get my GT3 RS or I mean do you have are you a goal set like that yeah, I, you know not really it yeah. was just um, if I have the money I would probably buy one I do I haven't told my family yet but I, I do have something coming yeah it's something totally different um, but it should be ready in about three weeks they've been working on it for three months out in um, Miami right now okay uh, I'm not going to say what it is. Yet, you can but, tell me when we stop recording. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no. That's, that's yeah. a 50, that's a 50th birthday present. Yeah, yeah. 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 It should be here right before that. Good. So that should be good. But I really think just, just staying focused on real estate now, hundred mm. percent. And I, ha- and unfortunately I have not been in the last like two, two and a half years. Now I'm refocused. I'm ready to go. Mm. Leading the team. Matt helped me with that. I've got the team I want. I don't really need much more than that right now. Yeah. Um, and just really just trying to be, I, I'm not a guy that watches my numbers. I don't care. I just want to make sure that I have enough money to, for, to provide meals and, yeah. and tennis shoes for the kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's just, you know, just being true to people, help them as much as we can, mm-hmm. um, selling homes and hopefully next year we'll break another record i hope yeah so awesome yeah well mate i really appreciate you inviting me up and, and taking an hour of your time to, to share some stories and yeah thank you know, you. see all this memorabilia it's awesome uh for people listening how can they you know if they want to buy this memorabilia where can they go and then also where can they go to to follow you and your real estate stuff uh i have a lot of my stuff on instagram right now for the rock and roll memorabilia it's treasured rock mm-hmm. uh, i think it's just instagram.com backslash treasured rock and then um instagram for Wyatt Poindexter Group. It's just Wyatt Poindexter Group. And then um, WyattPoindexter.com. And we're on Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, yeah, I really appreciate your time, mate. And everyone listening, thank you so much. And we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.